Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Can I invite uh, both Tao and Lucy up on the stage with us? Let's give them a hand this morning. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for being with us. They come all the way from Canberra Church Unlimited. And we appreciate you taking the weekend out to come and be with us. They're staying at the beautiful Huskisson at the moment, so the kids are loving it. So we look forward to this weekend. Thank you, Celebration Church, for having us. And thank you, Pastor Charlie and Benaya. We really love you guys. And we were just so excited to come here and worship with the Celebration Church family. So thank you so much for hosting us and for having us this weekend. Awesome. Hey, I reckon what we could do is before we take a seat, why don't we high five three people on the way down? So good, so good. Who's excited to be at church this morning? Come on. Who's excited to be at church this morning? Fantastic. Celebration Church, you are brilliant. You are amazing. What a great looking congregation you are. And um, Benaiah and uh, Charlie, we just, uh, from Lucy and I, we just wanted to say thank you so much. We love you guys heaps. And um, we just feel so loved by you guys, and that's uh, the feeling is very mutual. And we just sense something great over both of you, something great over this church. And we are very grateful, not just for this invitation and not just for us to be able to minister and, and have that partnership with you in that, in that sense, but we just so appreciate your friendship. That means the world to us. And we're looking forward to that growing and, and for whatever that looks like in the future, we're really excited about it. But we love you guys. Why don't we give your senior pastors a hand? Pastor Van and Charlie, come on. Such great people. And today it is uh, Lucy's birthday. So happy birthday, Lucy. All right, there we go. Happy birthday to Lucy. <laughs> Hooray! So good, so good. And uh, wasn't it uh, worship fantastic this morning? It's really good to have um, Ed Sheeran here as a guest um, leading worship. Um, <laughs> incredible, incredible. And uh, you, guys are, you guys are quite uh, wild, eh? Motorbike accidents here. We've got uh, Ed Sheeran here up the front. What else is going to happen this morning? I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Hey, who's coming out to Young Adults tomorrow night? And Sisterhood tonight? Lucy has an incredible story. You don't want to miss out. And uh, guys, if you have a girlfriend or you have a wife, make sure you send them out and uh, it'll be a fantastic time with the family. So, so good. So this morning, I wanted to share a message on the title, Raw 2019. Come on. 
as I was praying about now and I was, I was, as I was praying about Celebration Church, I just got a great stirring in my spirit of faith that uh, God is up to something very significant in the hearts and the lives of people here. And uh, if you just lean in and if you almost capture the, the, what the Spirit of God is saying, I believe that He has something significant for you this morning. If you just lean in. I don't know, where, I don't know what you're like, but back where I'm from, they, say, they shout me down. They say, preach it, Asian boy. They say, come on, drop it like it's hot, Asian. I don't know how you, but all I need to, this morning is a bit of a revival attached to your response this morning, a sense that God is about to do something, a sense that God is up to something in your life, and God is going to do something incredible in your heart this morning. Come on, why don't we give God a praise? Hey, hey. Raw for 2019. Okay, come on, let's pray. Father, we just so thank you that we're here together as a family, Lord God, that we're leaning into your word and everything that you're saying, Father. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you move, you continue to move. Thank you, God, that your presence is already here with us, Father. We just pray, God, that there'd be such an anointing in this room, Lord God, that it literally transform lives, Lord God propel people into their God-given purpose and their destiny, Father God. We pray that something significant will happen where it would shift, it would cause a shift inside each and every one of us, God, that we wouldn't walk out the same way we walked in, Lord God, that your presence has the power to change, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Don't you hate it in life when your life, what it looks like, isn't anything like what God said. So the situation that you're going through doesn't look exactly like what God said it would look like. Sometimes there is a struggle, and in the Bible it talks about this. I just believe that there is a sense of breakthrough over this church, but I wanted to give you guys a few tips on how to receive the promises of God, how to possess God's promise. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it says this, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. You will receive what He has promised when you do the will of God, but you need to persevere. This is one of the keys of the kingdom of God, persevering. And I really sense that there's some people here this morning that God has just called you to persevere. God has called you to just Stick in there, just not to give up, just to believe, just to have hope and expectation that God is about to do something great in your, in your life. I just really believe that you are on the cusp of something, that you, it's almost like you're sitting on the edge of breakthrough and all God needs to do is get you to lean forward a little bit so you can explore all the things that he's got for you. But it comes through persevering. When there's hard times ahead of you, when things don't look perfect, when things don't match up the way God said it would, just hang in there and persevere. I just believe there's something incredible about persevering. I love it what Paul the Apostle says. He says this, we have exceeding great and precious promises. That's each of us. We have exceeding great and precious promises. All of us have something to hope in. All of us have something to look forward to. Life is supposed to be an adventure, to be enjoyed, not endured. God can give you a promise 
that you never possess if you don't learn to persevere. So there are all these promises that are there from God spoken over your life and there is a chance that we don't possess them because we haven't learned to persevere. So this morning we're gonna learn to persevere. We need to persevere in order to roar. Keys to possess God's promises. Here's a few of them, but they're in Joshua chapter six, verse one to 11. So if you wanna open up your Bibles, or if you wanna turn your Bibles on, these days most people turn their Bibles on. Joshua chapter six, verse one to 11. And we're gonna be looking at the story of the wall of Jericho. And God speaks to Joshua and he's like, man, I've got this amazing promise for you. I've got incredible things for you, Joshua, but you're gonna have to learn to persevere. And as you learn to persevere, as you learn to focus on what I'm saying, rather than what the problem is saying, when you learn to focus on the Holy Spirit and walking according to Him and His ways, rather than walking according to your own ways, you will see the promises come to pass and you'll possess them. But Joshua, I need you to focus on the game plan. I need you to understand that it's not so much what you do that is significant, but it's who you are and knowing whose you are and you are a child of God. So God is speaking to Joshua. He gives him a a promise, but he says there's gonna be an obstacle that is gonna come in your way. Who knows that in life there are obstacles? I don't know what it looks like. It might be a marriage situation. It might be your finances. It might be your children that are wayward, that are walked away from God. It might be a relational issue. Whatever your problems are, whatever your obstacles are, God is saying, I want you to look over the problems and see through the problems because I am gonna turn everything around and everything's gonna work out for your benefit because you trust in me, you keep your eyes on Jesus. All right, we're gonna read Joshua chapter six, verse one to 11 goes like this. Now Jericho was securely shut up. Somebody say shut up. up. Hey, I'm a guest here. You shouldn't talk to me like that. Telling me to shut up. Ed Sheeran's telling me to shut up. How's that? Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This shall you do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horns. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Let's try that right now. A great shout. We're not operating on camera time here. With a great shout. Then the wall, the city wall, will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. 
So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city going around at once. And then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And if you skip down to verse 20, it says this. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the, that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they took the city and they took Nara, come on, and they took Huskinson. It's a beautiful beach. It's a beautiful place. And they took New South Wales. And they possessed the promises of God when they waited, when they persevered. And when the time was right, they roared. When the time was right, they began, began to roar. And as they roared, they focused on the praise rather than their problem. And the walls come down. When they roared, they focused on Jesus and what he was up to rather than the problems and what they conveyed. When they roared, they were praising God and lifting up the name of God above the, above the situation, above the circumstance, and not focusing on the problem. Because you can worship the problem more than you worship God. And God is saying, I want you to worship me and not your problem. And you will see the walls break down. I, I find this quite interesting. Because what God says to Joshua is very interesting. It says this, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. And I read that scripture and I'm like, what do you mean? You have not given Jericho into his hands. I find it very interesting that when God speaks over our lives, he speaks in past tense. He speaks in past tense as if you've already attained the promises. But Joshua's like, this wall is huge. You know how big the wall of Jericho was? They built mansions on the wall, against the wall, because the wall was so fortified, so huge, that it actually had residential compounds attached to the wall. That's how big the wall of Jericho is. And, and God is saying, no, Joshua, you don't even see the way I see. See, you need to look at the truth because the truth will set you free. The truth is, the facts may say that there's an obstacle, but the truth is that you've already possessed the promises. I need you to see beyond the wall and I need you to believe in your heart, have a spirit of faith about you and say, I've already possessed Jericho. I've already taken the city for God. I don't know what God is speaking in terms of past tense over your life. It could be your marriage. God's saying, your marriage might not look great right now, but it is looking good. In the, in, in tr the reality is the truth of your marriage is it is looking good if you look with eyes of faith. Your finances are doing great in Jesus' name. You start to speak life over your situation. You start to speak life over your circumstance and you will see God transforming it because you're roaring and you're focusing not on the problem, but on God who reveals the promises. 
God is looking through the wall and over the wall, and he wants us to have eyes to see things the way he does. He is the all-knowing God. He sees the end result, and the victory is yours as you partner with him. I love it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, we are already blessed with every spiritual blessing. God is speaking past tense about the victory, about your, your possession. He's speaking in past tense. So we need to start to speak the right thing. We need to start to have the vocabulary or the language of the Holy Spirit, of faith, the, the, the language of faith. As Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what God has promised. A faith that perseveres. It's so important. I mean, a lot of us believe that having explosive faith is great. And, and I don't ever disregard or put down explosive faith. I mean, I've spoken at quite a few places and, and I've just had this stirring of faith. And I said, you right now, whether you've got a, you know, a sickness in your body or a disease in your body, I just speak healing and health over your life. And explosive faith started to rise up and they were automatically healed by the power of God. And so it's great to have explosive faith for your situation, but I believe it's even greater to have a persistent faith, a faith that perseveres. I mean, remember when Peter was walking on the water in the Bible and, and Jesus is like, hey, Peter, look at me, come and walk on the water. And Peter's like on the edge of the boat. He's on the edge of the boat. And I feel like with Celebration Church, you're on the edge of the boat and God is saying, come out of the boat and come and walk on the water. Walk this journey of faith. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, come out of the boat and start walking on water. And Peter goes, this defies the laws of gravity. This defies all logic, common sense. I theoretically, hypothetically, cannot walk on the water. How can I do this? This is impossible. And Jesus says, walk on the water. So Jesus steps, um, Peter steps out of the boat, starts to walk towards Jesus, has explosive faith, and then he takes a few steps and he's walking on the water. And all of a sudden, he looks at the water, he starts to assess, critically analyze his situation, and looks at the facts rather than the truth, looks at the world rather than the word. And he says, I cannot do this, and he starts to sink. He had an explosive faith, but what I believe that pleases God is a faith that perseveres, saying even in and out of your situation, no matter what the story looks like right now, no matter what your life looks like right now, I want you to have a faith that perseveres through thick and thin, just to believe. Peter, come on, don't doubt. Just keep walking on water. Just keep taking that step of obedience, that step of faith, and just trust in me. Keep your eyes on me, Peter and you will start to walk on water. I remember um, I was invited to speak in a church in Melbourne. And uh, this, this church was a, a great church, and Melbourne's a great place, but uh, nowhere near as good as Nara, right? This is, like, this is like the promised land, right? This is where legends are born and dreams are made, you know what I'm saying? So I'm speaking down at Melbourne, and there's this, there's this guy, and he needs a faith that perseveres because I'm, I'm speaking up the front of, of the service and I see this guy down the back sitting in a chair in the corner of the auditorium and there was quite a few people here at the conference and I can't stop but noticing him and I'm speaking to all these people but I, my eye and my mind keeps going back to this guy in the chair 
sitting in the corner with his arms crossed, looking miserable. And so during ministry time, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going to put down the mic. My pastoral heart was like, I want to be with him. I don't want to be preaching right now. And so during ministry time, I got the worship team up, and then I went straight down the back to talk to him. And I said, bro, is everything okay? Because you just seem like, you know, there's something heavy weighing on your heart. Is there anything that I can pray for you about? And he goes, well, Pastor Taylor, it's not that your sermon's really bad. It's not that the worship's not great. It's just that my situation right now doesn't look so well. It doesn't look great. Because God's given me a promise. He's given me many promises, but he's given me one particular promise that stands out from the rest. I said, what's that promise? He goes, he spoke to me, and I genuinely believe that I'm going to be the, the best fencer, not the one that you build around your, your house. I'm talking about the one with the sword. The best fencer in all of Australia for my age division. I just, God spoke to me about that and the doors have been opening up and I've been, you know, God's been connecting me with relationships. I've been encouraging people in the word of God, in that arena, in that world. God's sending me out to the mission field and all of a sudden I've got a fractured, fractured ankle and the competition is in two weeks for the nationals to see who is going to be the, the, the greatest fencer for our age division. And all of a sudden God speaks a promise and all of a sudden, it seems like that promise is gone. And I will never be able to possess that promise because I've got a fractured ankle. And I said to him, do you have a faith that perseveres? Do you have a faith in God that just believes that God, is, God can do something right now? And he said to me, yeah, I do. I, just, I said, do you believe that God can heal you right now? He goes, he, you know, it took him a bit, of, a bit of time to think about that. He goes, I do believe that God can heal me. Because he didn't have a, an explosive faith, but he had a faith that perseveres. And all of a sudden, I got to my knees and I started praying for his ankle. And he was getting excited because he felt warmth, the power of God r running up and down his leg. And he, he couldn't believe it. So he just left his crutches there. And I said to him, mate, I want you to run around this building three times. He goes, I can't run. I, I, can't, I can't walk. I said, run around the building three times. He started running around the building. Everyone's clapping. Oh, wow, God is up to something amazing. It's only because he had faith that perseveres that he was able to see the breakthrough in his life. Give God a hand for that, somebody. Imagine he didn't have a faith that perseveres. Imagine he was like, no, you know what? I won't compete. Or you know what? I, I've just stuffed everything up. I was being rowdy and I, I broke my, um, my ankle. It's fractured now and what, whatnot. Anyway, interesting story. This story continues. And so I got a phone call from the senior pastor of the church that was holding this conference. And he goes, bro, do you know what just happened? I said, yeah, yeah, some guy, hey, he had a fractured ankle and everyone's going crazy because he's healed now and he's running. He goes, do you know who that is? I said, who's that? He goes, that's my son, right? Way to get back, uh, invited back to a Sunday service, eh? Just heal the senior pastor's son. All glory to God, right? And so uh, he goes, that's my son, dude. And do you know in two weeks' time, he's got a competition, a national competition, which we've signed him out of because he's got a fractured ankle? I said, yeah, yeah, he told me the whole story. He goes, well, you wouldn't believe it. I've signed him back in and they've accepted him. They've approved his submission. So he's going to compete in two weeks' time. I said, that's awesome, man. That's so good. He goes, I can't believe this. Thank you so much. And anyway, um, I got a phone call two and a half weeks later. I'm just sitting on my couch at home. And he goes, bro, you wouldn't believe it. 
my son is number one in Australia at fencing. He won the whole competition. How awesome is that? God is so good. And when I believe that God moves more powerfully when you're in a crisis situation or when things don't look perfect or when you've got a problem, I believe that that's where God really breathes on the promises of God. When you're going through a, you know, when your kids are wayward, I believe that's when the Spirit of God starts to go, hey, hang on, hang on. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard up against it. And I believe that the Spirit of God is moving in everyone's situation as you will take a step of faith and not just have explosive faith, but have a faith that perseveres and says, God... I've got this because you've got me. And if you've got me, God, I certainly do have this. A faith that perseveres. I love it, I love it. You know what? I, you know what you can say over your life? You can say this. I no longer have the faith just to start something, but now I have the fortitude to finish it. A committed faith. A faith that says just because the situation's tough, I'm not going to opt out and just leave. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. God is not looking for someone that can produce perfection, but someone that will commit to completion. Committing to completion. I love it how God says this over Joshua. He says, you shall not shout and tell the people. He instructs Joshua to tell the people. Tell them not to make a noise until I tell them. It says this, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice until the day I say to you, shout. He's like, you are here now. You are at the promised land. You are at the walls of Jericho, but don't go in there just yet. Joshua was like, what do you mean, God? We are here. We, I've been, Joshua, mind you, if you understand the context of this story, has been walking around for 45 years. Abraham gets this promise. Abraham, Isaac gets this incredible promise. And, and all these promises have been given to Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. And all of a sudden, God speaks over Moses' life and says, you are gonna go in and attain the promises of God. And all these incredible promises that none of these guys were able to see. Now Joshua is standing face to face with his victory. And God says, don't go in. It's like, what? Are you serious? I've been walking around for 45 years. You've been speaking generationally to our people, to the Israelites about going in and possessing the promise. And now you're telling me to not go in and to do an exercise routine where we march around the walls. Are you serious, God? This cannot be true. Why are we wasting our time? Why are we doing an exercise routine when we could be going in and possessing the promises that you've given us? God, are you serious? And God, all the while, is telling us to wait. My word for this year at our church, at Life Unlimited Church, our senior pastors are Pastor Sean and Linda, and they encourage the congregation to have a word for the year. What's that word that's going to staple you, that's going to solidify you for this year? And I was praying about it, and God said, the word for this year is patience. And I hate it. I hate it. God gave it to me. I'm like, I hate that word. I hate it. Don't give it to me. It's probably for someone. Now, Lucy, I think your word's patience. You know, like, yeah, the Word of God comes and, you, and, it's, and it lands on someone else. A prophetic word. And I'm trying to avoid this word, right? And it, God's saying, no, it's patience. 
But God says the breakthrough comes through persevering, Tao. Come on now. The, the breakthrough comes through a faith that perseveres. You need patience in order to see breakthrough take place. And often at times when things aren't going the way we want them to, we make big decisions or say something too soon. I don't know if you've ever done that, but uh, life hasn't turned out the, exactly the way you wanted it to, and you make big decisions. So whether you, you leave your city because the situation isn't looking good, and let's not, let's not, we don't have to leave our city or leave our church just because things aren't going perfectly. God is saying, maybe I'm not saying that. Maybe I'm trying to do something on the inside, and you're not picking up on it. Maybe there's something, there's a lesson to be learned. There's a gold gem to be picked up to be taken, maybe that's going to propel you to your purpose. Maybe you're not picking up on it. And sometimes we say the wrong thing or we say something too soon. I remember when I first met Lucy and uh, I was just so excited. Like, you know, I was thinking about what a dream girl would look like and what how she would be. And she was just ticking all the boxes, although I didn't have like a checklist. It just inside of here was like, yep, tick, compassionate, tick, Friendly, kind, tick, encouraging, tick, all these wonderful things, tick, 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 tick. And I was just like, man, this is surreal. She's like the perfect partner for me. And uh, only three months into our relationship, only three months, I say the three words that no person should ever say so soon. I'm getting all these uh, emotional butterflies and I'm feeling stirred up. It wasn't the Holy Spirit, it's my own emotions. And the hormones, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like Chinese people playing a doubles game of, of ping pong. It was just like, did, 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 did. you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, hold on. And um, all the young people would understand, yep. You fall in love, you know, and you've met the guy for three days. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's you, okay? And so three months into it, I'm just talking to Lucy and I'm thinking, I'm looking into the horizon and I'm like, yeah, I will say it. I will drop the three words. Yeah. And I... I talk to her, I approach her, the wind is blowing through my hair. <laughs> Lucy, I love you. Oh no, what did I just say? Right too soon, three months into it. She calls me up the next day and says, I'm going to stop going out with you now. <laughs> I'm going to drop you because it's too full on. We're not going out. You're not my boyfriend. This is the end. You know what? You shouldn't say something too soon. You should, you should just wait for the right time. But I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed that I got a ring on my finger because I persevered and I waited, waited, waited. And the breakthrough came as we persevered and as we waited for the right time time. And I just believe the Celebration Church, I honestly feel like now is the time. I feel like you guys have waited for a while and God's starting to stir something up and God's saying you've been waiting, but you need to now understand and be aware of the reward that's coming. The, 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 the promises are going to be possessed as you take a step of faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. So good. We often say something too soon. And Joshua instructs the people. He says, shh, don't say a word until I say. 
Don't say a word. I just believe that God is more concerned what is happening in us rather than what is happening to us. I believe that we are so focused and obsessed about the war that God is winning for us that we're not, we're failing to acknowledge the war that He wants to win in us. The war that He wants to win in us. And God wants our heart. And we're looking for the reward, but the reward is actually Jesus Christ Himself. The reward is the relationship that we have with God. It's not so much all the other stuff. All the other stuff are bonuses, but the reward is a relationship that we have with God. I remember many years ago, I mean, I'd never walked into a church building before. I'd never had an experience or a moment with God. And it took me, at the age of 21, I was 21 when I walked into a church building for the first time. And it was just amazing, the experience, the encounter that I had with God. But before that, prior to that, I'd never heard the gospel clearly. No one ever communicated the gospel of Jesus Christ with me clearly. And I grew up uh, amongst drug dealers and I grew up, actually three of my brothers, there's four boys in my family, three of them were dealing drugs. And we lived just on the outskirt of King's Cross, a notorious city in Sydney that had the highest crime rate, highest drug rate, and some people may say the highest crazy rate. And our dad was a full-blown alcoholic the entire time of our childhood. I, I, I don't remember once my dad ever saying, I love you or encouraging me or, 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 or loving me. And it's not that he was a bad person necessarily. It's just that he didn't know how to love. And so growing up as a young person in a crazy household environment, surrounded by drugs and surrounded by crime and surrounded by alcohol, I quickly learned how to live my life. And it wasn't built on... on positive words. It wasn't built on, on guidance that was loving and caring. It was actually built on destruction, on dysfunctionality, on chaos. And so I grew up and then all of a sudden I find myself in court cases because I'm causing trouble. I, I'm, I'm listening to all these voices, all these negative voices. When you don't have a father, loving father at home that speaks life over you and will, and will guide you and encourage you and instruct you in the right way, who knows that you'll go anyway? And you'll find love in all the wrong places. And so growing up, I, I just found myself in an absolute mess where I experienced chaos, where I experienced just, just so much depression and so much mess in my life. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I discovered that I was so broken on the inside and so hurt on the inside. And, and I can remember when life got almost to its worst and, and I was actually finding breakthrough in some areas of my life and, and when I um, met Lucy and then um, she broke up with me and so my life wasn't doing too well. I got a phone call from my brother when I was quite young and he said, Teo, you need to come to the hospital. And I said, why? And he said, because the father that you don't even really know that well, he's actually in there and he's dying and he's taken too many substances He's just abused his body to the point where he's dying right now and his body can't handle it. So he's only got moments to live. So you need to come right now to the hospital and say your last goodbyes to the father you barely even know. And I said, what do you mean he's dying? What's going on? And so I rushed to the hospital and I see my own father on his deathbed. This person that dwindled his way through alcoholism, his entire life, the, the, the entire life that I knew him for, 
he was abusing his body and to see the man who raised me, to see the man who brought me onto the earth dying, feeling so decapitated on the inside, lying on a deathbed, it just broke me. And so I walked over to the deathbed and I held him in my arms. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling so much grief and so much pain. And and I'm lying down there with him and I'm praying almost to God saying, please don't let my father die in my arms like this. Don't let him die like this. Like he's got four young sons that need him right now. We're all wayward. We're all broken. We're all, we, we don't have any guidance. We don't have any love. We're so purposeless. Life is so meaningless. Lord God, please help us. And I hold him in my arms and he dies in my arms as a young man from an overdose. And I'm broken on the inside. I'm feeling all I'm seeing in my situation, all I'm seeing in my circumstance is chaos and mayhem and hopelessness and pain and bitterness and remorse and failure and hurt. All I'm seeing around me is my problem. And I really sense that God was saying, Tao, I don't want you to just focus on your problem, but I want you to look beyond the walls of Jericho, even though it may look huge right now, even though it may look big right now, I'm gonna show you the promises that you're gonna possess and I need you to focus on that. I need you just not just to hang in for now and for today, but when the days that you wake up, you're having a bad day. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed, Tao, I need you to hang in there. I need you to not give up. Even though so many people that that are teenagers that go through what you've gone through, they end up giving up on their life and taking their own lives. You are not gonna be one of them, Teo. I need you to speak over your life this year. I need you to speak faith. I need you to have the language of the Holy Spirit. It's desperate times. It's urgent times. You need to speak faith over your life. And someone invited me to a church service and I experienced and encountered the presence of God and I totally surrendered my life to God moments after my father died in my arms, only days after I I surrendered my life to Christ and I said, God, take it all. I've got nothing without you, Lord. I need you right now. I need your healing power, God. I need a touch from the Holy Spirit right now, God. And He utterly transformed my life. All the addictions broke off my life. Depression, there wasn't even a trace. There wasn't even a scent of smoke on my shirt from the pain of of my past because God had cleansed me. He had forgiven me. He had showed me life. He gave me life. He gave me life. And He said, Tao, I need you to have a faith that perseveres no matter what your situation looks like right now. I need you to believe that there's a great future. I need you to believe that you're gonna be traveling one day, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I've got a plan and a purpose over your life. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking over destiny. Destiny is over people this morning. He's saying, I've got a great future over you. Don't stop believing. Have hope, be encouraged. Know that God's got great purposes over your life. He's got great promises and you're gonna possess them as you learn to persevere. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand up in this place. Oh, Father God, your presence is here in this building, Lord God. And we just believe, Father God, that you were speaking to us, Father, that as we roar your praise, Lord God, the walls of Jericho are gonna come crumbling down, Lord God. There is some people in here where you need to actually roar over your year this year. 
You've been hearing messages about raw, but it's time for you as a people to gather and start to declare God's praises, start to roar at the wall roar at the wall and say, you are coming down. You are not going to stop me. We're going to take the city. We're going to take ground. Nothing will stop me. Nothing can stop me because I have Christ. I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. Oh, we are made in unstoppable in the presence of God. There are great things that are ahead of us. But firstly, in order to be aware of your promises, you need to understand who the promise giver is, and that is Jesus Christ, the one that transformed my life, the one that turned me around, the one that spoke life over me. I may not have a biological father, but I've got a heavenly father who is perfect, who cares for me, who comforts me, who is giving me courage for the journey. I have a father, and that is God, our father, and Jesus Christ is here this morning, and he wants you to know that you were loved that you are lovable. Jesus, thank you for your presence here. There's some people here and you feel like God has abandoned you because of your situation. It's someone here and you are a female and there's blue, you're wearing blue and you feel like God has abandoned you because of your finances. And God's saying, I have not abandoned you. I am actually holding your hand and walking you through this valley and it is in the valley that you are going to experience breakthrough. It is in the valley that you are going to experience absolute promises that will be revealed to you. It is in the valley that you're going to pick up something so incredible. I'm going to walk you through the valley. You're not going to stay here. We're just walking through. We're passing by and you're going to come out the other side victorious. There is also a couple here and your marriage is, is, is on the edge and, and you've been arguing. I can, I can almost see if, uh, a visual, a picture in a kitchen where you're actually yelling at each other and God is saying, hey, it's time to stop yelling and roaring at each other. It's time to look at the wall and start to roar at the wall. Your enemy is not in your house. The enemy is out there trying to destroy everything in there and it's time to roar God's praises and it's time to it's time to pray over your situation and not to elevate your problems it is time to move forward and have a faith that perseveres it is time now is the time not tomorrow now is the time Father God, I just thank you for every single person right here. Thank you that you're the one that transforms. Thank you that there are miracles available to us. Thank you, Lord God, that you have power, Lord God. Oh, you have life-changing power, Father God. And we just pray, Lord God, over our future. We just thank you, Lord God, over the purposes that you have for us. And we thank you that the reward isn't in the stuff. The reward isn't stuff out there. It's actually in here. The reward is a relationship with you, Lord God. A a relationship that totally changes us, Lord God. That makes us a new creation. We're totally forgiven, totally transformed and renewed in our thinking, God. We are made whole. We are healed, Lord God, because of your presence, God. And if you're here right now, and you just sense the Holy Spirit here speaking to you, and and you know that your relationship with God isn't right right now, or you've never made a decision to follow Jesus right now, right now is the best time 
Some of us in here think that tomorrow is promised to us. Tomorrow is not promised to you. I thought that tomorrow was promised to my dad, but tomorrow was not promised to my dad. Now is the time to make a decision to follow Christ. We have no time to waste. Now is the time to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you and I give it to you. I give you the keys of my car of life to you to take control. I let go and I let God this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus or you know your relationship with God is not right and you need to reconnect with Him this morning. On the count of three, I'm going to ask for every hand raised who wants to say yes to Jesus, who wants to say, God, I want to connect with you. I want to build a bridge to reunite with you, to reconcile my life to yours. I'm going to count to three and I want to see every hand raised that wants to say yes to Jesus this morning. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a purpose and a plan over your life. Three, every hand raised if you want to say yes to Jesus. Awesome, awesome, great, great, yes, great, awesome, fantastic. Hands are going up, hands are going up. Thank you, Jesus, great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you are so good. You are moving, God. Your presence is here right now, Lord God. I can sense you in the atmosphere, Father. I'm really sensing that God's saying there's some more people, Taylor. There's some more people that need to get their lives right with me. And now is their moment. Now is the time. Maybe you need some courage. Let me encourage you this morning that God does not want you at a distance. God loves you. He wants to draw near to you so that you draw near to Him. He wants you to know that He's your comfort. He's your supply. He's your provider. He's the one that gives you power to overcome. If that's you and you have not put your hand up this morning, but you want to make a decision to receive Jesus, why don't you just slip up your hand right now? I feel like there's a few more people here that need to make a decision. Yes, awesome. Is there anybody else that wants to say yes to Jesus this morning? So good, God. So good, God. Holy Spirit, fantastic. Incredible, Father. We so thank you for your presence, God. We thank you, Lord God, that no matter what obstacles stand in our way, Lord God, we will take down the walls of Jericho. We will roar this year, Lord God. We will lift up your praises. We will lift up your name, Lord God. We will not let anything stop us, Lord God. We will take the city for you, Father God. There is a sense of revival in the atmosphere, Lord God, and we lean in to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, let's give God a praise in this place. Come on, let's sing a worship song. We're going to sing a worship song. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Sing it out.
Jesus, you're so good, Lord. You're so good, Father. Right now, there are, there are people, you're going through circumstances. I just sense that there's people in here and you're looking at your problem as if, as if it's your enemy. But God in His Word says that I'm gonna work all things out for your benefit. I'm gonna turn everything around and it's gonna be your benefit. It's gonna, be, it's gonna work as your friend. You know, I thought that my father dying in my arms from an overdose was my worst enemy for years. And then people started saying, Tay, you need to share that message with people. You need to share hope, the love of God, the way God transformed your life. You need to see your problem not as your enemy, but as your greatest friend because it's the problem that causes God's promises to come to fruition. It's your problem that is going to turn around and work for you. It's your problem. And what I want you to do is I want you to not look at the problem and worship it, but look at the problem and say, God, you take that away. And so we need to learn to start roaring at our problem and not roaring with it. Too many of us are roaring with our problem, celebrating it. But we need to start celebrating the goodness of God and saying, God, I give you this problem and I let you, to, I let you take it from my life right now. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna give our problems to God and we're gonna roar at it and not with it. We're gonna make a declaration. We're gonna decide this morning that we're not going to elevate our problems, that we're going to roar at them so that God takes them. And so when you put the problems into God's hands, they become your purpose. Your purpose is found in the problems. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask everybody to close your eyes right now across this auditorium. Father God, thank you so much, Lord God, for our life, we are grateful for our life. And no matter what the enemy throws our way, Lord God, it will not stop us, Lord God. No matter what the situation looks like, Lord God, this is not the end result, Lord God. You have outcomes, Lord God. As we're obedient to you, we'll see your incredible outcomes take part, Lord God, in our lives. But what we do right now is we give our problems to you, Lord God. We don't roar with them. We roar at them, Lord God. We say, you go in Jesus' name. You will not destroy my life. You will add to my life. You will work to my advantage. Thank you, Lord God, for the problems. Oh, whether it's your marriage, oh, whether it's your finances, say, God, I give you these problems. I don't elevate the problems, Lord God, but I speak to them and I speak your life and victory over them in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So good. Just I believe God is speaking to people. God is speaking to people here as well about your, about, He's giving you a vision. There's some people that God's like, this is your vision. I'm giving you a vision into the future. God is speaking to people. And actually, while I was speaking, God said to me, I'm healing people. Whilst I'm speaking, I sense that God is saying, I'm healing people, even in the process. Maybe you've had a bad relationship with a father or an authority figure, and God's saying, I want to break the pain of that situation so that you can just live on. You can be set free. You can be set free. You don't need to look down on yourself. You don't need to be discouraged. You are a child of the Most High God. You have royal blood flowing through your veins. Never look down on yourself and be encouraged. Hold your head up high and know that Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings is encouraging you, is lifting you up. King David said, you are the King that lifts up my head. Never does God put you down, but He lifts you up. 
He lifts you up and encourages you. You are not perfect, but you were loved. You were loved. You may be broken, but you're not gonna be broken forever. God has got a great purpose for you. Thank you, God, for so many salvations in the house this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence. We make a decision, Lord God, a committed decision this morning that we will not elevate our problems this year, but we will roar your praises for 2019. Come on, let's give God a hand in this place. Let's give God a hand. Come on. Pastor Terry spoke an amazing word that just reminds me of this code that's a part of who we are as a church. So we are faith people. We step out of the boat, we trust God, and we pray God-sized prayers. We are people who live by faith, not by sight. We take risks. We aren't afraid to fail. But when we fail, we fail forward. What an amazing message this morning to remind us that we're not called to live by sight. We're called to be faith people. So I'm going to invite my lovely wife, head up here, Alex, side aisle, whatever. I'm going to pray for us this morning that we would go out this week and we'd be faith people. Who cares how big the wall of Jericho looks? Our God is bigger. Who cares how loud Goliath yells? Our God is stronger and mightier and more powerful. Who cares how much the furnace has turned up? Our God can sustain us and do good things. So why don't we stand together as a church family If you're able, I want you to touch the person next to you. It's okay, you're in church. Interlock fingers, if you will. And I wanna pray for us that we would be faith people this week, that we would step out of the boat and we'd refuse to get back in the boat. We would live a life of faith, of sustained faith, miracle after miracle. Jesus, we thank you that we're called to be faith people, that you make the impossible possible. And we pray right now, Jesus, for a week of faith. We pray, Jesus, for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for salvations. I pray right now, Lord, for faith in our workplaces to pray, faith in our workplaces to lead people to You. I pray especially, God, a faith in our house for the miraculous, miraculous healings. We say cancer, go back to hell. We pray for faith to step out and believe for impossible things, God. Lastly, God, I just pray for our schools, our workplaces, the places that we go in and spend our nine to five. We pray for God. God moments to lead people back to you. God, we declare we are faith people. We are faith people. We'll take a risk. We trust that you will do what only you can do. Lastly, God, I just pray for salvations tonight, salvations tomorrow night at our young adults event. May people that are far from you find you and be changed forever. I commission us this week, God, to be faith people. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Faith people. Faith people. If you're new, we love meeting new people. Stay around after the service. Let us get you a coffee or two coffees or three coffees. And uh, we'll see you tonight, ladies, young adults. See you tomorrow night. Have an amazing, amazing week. God bless you. Peace out. See you later. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.